Hello, this is Victoria, and for the next hour, I'll be reading from the April 3rd issue of the Toronto Star on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. Learn how to take care of the planet during Earth Month. Planting trees, learning more about climate change, and discovering how to be a hero and more during Earth Month in Markham, Ontario. A host of free events will be held throughout the month, which raises awareness of the role everyone plays in taking care of the planet. Markham Public Library presents a Meet a Meteorologist on Wednesday, April 5th from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Retired Environment and Climate Change Canada Meteorologist and Climatologist Joanne Classen, the Education Coordinator for the Toronto Centre Canadian Meteorology Meteorological and Oceanographic Society discusses the role of weather forecasters and other meteorologists in understanding weather, climate, and climate change. Discover wetlands in spring with Toronto Zoo in a webinar presented on Thursday, April 13th from 6 to 7 p.m. Learn more about the changes that wetlands go through in the spring and the important role that they play, especially for reptiles and amphibians. Did you know that soil is going extinct like dinosaurs? Learn about hashtag Save Soil, a global movement to protect the earth and rescue soil from dying during the Save Soil Children's Program on Saturday, April 5th from 11 a.m. to noon. Zoom event includes Save Soil Arts and Crafts, songs, dance, and storytelling. Also, on April 15th, Grade 3 to 5 students can discover art and nature with TVO Learn. Learn about plants and take part in TVO Kid games and activities at Markham Village Branch from noon to 1 p.m. Kindergarten to grade 2 students can learn about the needs of monarch butterflies and how to keep them by designing a way station with TVO Learn from 1.30 to 2.30, also at the Markham Village Branch. Seneca College invites you to learn about environmental careers on Tuesday, April 18th, from 6.30 to 7.45 p.m. Discover programs are offered at Seneca in the environmental and sustainability sector and how the college is working to establish sustainability as an essential consideration in the planning, design, and delivery of its academic programs, services, and operations. Anyone interested in films and documentaries can join the Markham Public Library's Film Club. A monthly event kicks off Tuesday, April 18th from 6.30 to 7.45 p.m. at the Thornhill Village Branch within the Biggest Little Farm. The City of Markham celebrates Earth Day on Sunday, April 22nd from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. in downtown Markham Builder Complex, 100 179 Enterprise Boulevard. Attractions include wildlife conservation animal booths, free electric vehicle test drives, a sustainability fair, and children's story time. Ride the pride of the carousel and complete a passport activity to enter a prize. Registration isn't required for this drop-in event. Email questions to sustainability at markham.com. Are you interested in giving back to the environment on Earth Day? Join Ontario Streams at Two Good Pond Park on Saturday, April 22nd, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., rain or shine, to plant native trees and shrubs and collect litter. Shovels and gardening gloves will be provided, but you're welcome to take your own. A water refill station will be on site, so take your water bottle. Some light snacks will be provided. Wear closed-toed shoes. Learn how to fight climate change and save money in your home in a virtual home efficiency retrofit orientation. Hero workshop presented by Humber College in collaboration with the City of Markham on Thursday, April 27th from 6 to 8 p.m. Learn more about home renovations that improve comfort and reduce greenhouse gas emissions and energy costs as well as eligible rebate programs. Finally, take part in the annual Earth Day Community Tree Planting, presented by 10,000 Trees, 
setup takes place Saturday, April 29th from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. And tree planting takes place on Sunday, April 30th, 9 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at Hillmount Park at 93 Hillmount Road. Suspected avian flu found in local geese. A total of 240 geese with suspected avian influenza have been removed from various locations across Markham. Of those, 100 were removed between March 24th and 31st. There have been no further large-scale outbreaks, but the city is still monitoring the situation, says Animal Services Supervisor Christy Lehman. Avian influenza, also known as the bird flu or avian flu, is a disease caused by type A H5N1 influenza virus that affects all bird species, including chickens, turkeys, peasants, quail, domestic ducks, geese, and guinea fowl. It's a spread through direct contact from an infected bird to a healthy bird when the healthy bird comes into contact with equipment or materials including water and feed, contaminated with feces or secretions from infected birds. While the risk of transmission of avian flu from birds to residents and pets remain very low, Lehman advises residents to be diligent and recommends staying away from all birds, whether they're dead or ill. Don't attempt to stick, don't attempt to help any sick animals and keep your pets on leash and away from birds or bird droppings. Call 905-415-7531 to report any dead or ill birds. To reduce the spread of avian influenza, York Region urges you to consider removing backyard bird feeders or bird baths or move them far away from pets. Clean bird feeders with a 10% bleach at least once every two weeks and then washing hands thoroughly after touching the bird feeder. There's no evidence that eating cooked poultry or eggs could transmit the avian flu to humans, according to the Canadian Food Inspection Agency. Markham has posted warning signs in areas where geese have tested positive for avian influenza. Yellow Brick House Bricks the Silence on Domestic Violence Did you know that during the pandemic, there was a spike in domestic violence, which left shelters struggling to help those in need. Because of this, Yellow Brick House aims to expand its reach and impact. Yellow Brick House is a nonprofit organization that provides a range of services for individuals and families experiencing violence and abuse. Founded in 1978, Yellow Brick House supports individuals in York Region. Its program and services include emergency shelter, counseling, legal advocacy, and education and outreach. Yellow Brick House has supported over 5,800 individuals affected by domestic violence in York Region in the last year and serves 141,000 women and children in the last 45 years of operation. Women and children who have found their way to be to the doors of the Yellow Brick House on a life-saving journey that often starts with fear but ends with hope. On May 5th at the Angus Glen Community Club in Markham, the organization will present its annual gala event, the Break the Silence Gala, in effort to raise $200,000 to support nights of safety in a shelter. Beloved comedian Jessica Holmes from the Royal Canadian Air Force will emcee the gala and D and the Groove Factory will provide music for the evening. Guests will enjoy a cocktail reception followed by a gourmet dinner live music, and a keynote speech by a renowned survivor of domestic violence. There will also be a silent auction featuring exclusive items and experiences donated by local businesses and supporters. We are thrilled to host our Break the Silence Gala in 2023, and we look forward to bringing together our community to support survivors of domestic violence, said Loris Horenda, CEO of Yellow Brick House. With the ongoing pandemic and its impact on vulnerable individuals and families, the need for our services is greater than ever. We are grateful for the support of our sponsors, donors, and volunteers who make our work possible. 
Tickets for the Yellow Brick House Break the Silence Gala 2023 are available online. Prices are $300 per ticket or $3,000 for a table of 10. Those unable to attend the gala can still participate in the online silent auction and donate to the fundraising goal. York Region Communities Go Through Strong Development Activity York Region continues to see confidence in the appeal of our communities with over $550 million in development charging last year. The 2022 Annual Development Activity Summary confirms development charges revenue collected was the highest in any of the previous five years. Developmental activity from 2022 include $568,088,449 development charges, a 24% increase from the $457,348,103 collected in 2021. 2,092 developmental applications, a 2% increase over 2021. 3,168 subdivision applications received, a significant increase of 67%. 18,547 new residential applications received, a 50% increase from 2021. Development charges are collected through developmental approvals to pay for growth-related infrastructure. Bill 23, More Homes Built Faster Act 2022, proposes several exemptions and discounts for attainable, affordable, non-profit, and rental housing. These exemptions limit revenue through developmental charges and may need to be funded in other ways. York Region shares the provincial goal of improving housing affordability and continues to advance and work in building more homes faster with support and engagement from all parties. A status update on available housing supply in York Region was also completed as of December 2022, indicating a strong supply of residential inventory. This update showed an estimated 65,900 approved and registered unit across all nine municipalities. These unbuilt units represent a supply of over five years of growth that for many reasons have not been followed through on, including residential rising construction costs and shortages of skilled labor. In addition, there are 20,300 housing units under construction that will be occupied by residents upon completion. The 2022 Annual Development Activity Report summarizes new development applications received by the region in 2022 using the data collected from York RACS, York Region's Digital Development Application and Tracking System. York Tracks provides application status data across the region to help plan regional and local municipal services, inform builders, developers, and the public. For more information on York Region's housing affordability initiatives, visit york.ca slash housing affordability. You're listening to a reading of articles and features from the Toronto Star on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. Beads release budget 2023. Canada's economic growth was the strongest in G7 over the last year, and today, 830,000 more Canadians are employed or employed than the than before the pandemic. The unemployment rate in, is near its record low, and supported by a Canada-wide system of affordable early learning and childcare, the labor force participation rate for women aged 25 to 54 reached a record high of 85.7% in February. Budget 2023 builds on this progress. Through the grocery rebate, Budget 2023 delivers target inflation relief for 11 million Canadians and families who need it the most, with an extra $467 for eligible couples with children, an extra $234 for single Canadians without children, and an extra $225 for seniors, on average. The government also takes action to crack down on hidden junk fees and predatory lending, 
lower credit card transaction fees for small businesses, and helps Canadians keep more money in their pockets. We know that our most vulnerable friends and neighbours are still feeling the bite of higher prices, Freelance said. And that's why our budget delivers targeted inflation relief those who need the most. For 11 million Canadians and Canadian families, a new grocery rebate will help make up for higher prices at the checkout counter without adding fuel to the fire of inflation. Because what all Canadians want right now is for inflation to keep coming down and for interest rates to fall. Which is why the budget I've tabled today will ensure that Canada maintains the lowest deficit and lowest debt-to-GDP ratio in the G7. We're making sure that the very wealthy and our biggest corporations pay their fair share of taxes so we can afford to keep taxes low for middle-class families and invest in our healthcare system and social safety net. To strengthen Canada's universal public healthcare system, Budget 2023 delivers $198.3 billion to help reduce backlogs, expand access to family health services, and help ensure that provinces and territories can provide the high-quality and timely health care Canadians expect and deserve. In Budget 2023, the government also introduces a new Canadian dental care plan to benefit up to 9 million Canadians and ensure that no Canadian has to choose between taking care of their health and paying the bills by the end of the month. Budget 2023 makes investments to build Canadians' clean economy, fight climate change, and create new opportunities for Canadian businesses and Canadian workers. This includes measures that will deliver cleaner and more affordable energy, support investments in our communities, and the creation of good-paying jobs and ensure that Canadian workers will be able to produce and provide the goods and resources that Canadians and our allies need. We are going to build a clean electrical grid that connects Canadians from coast to coast, protects our environment, and delivers cleaner, more affordable electricity to Canadians and Canadian businesses, Freelance said. We are going to make Canada the best place in the world for businesses to invest, because that means more vibrant, prosperous communities, more good careers for Canadians. Canada has free trade deals with countries that represent two-thirds of the global economy. We're going to make Canada a reliable supplier of clean energy to the world. And from critical materials to electric vehicles, we're going to ensure that Canadian workers mine and process and build and sell the goods that the resources and the resources that our allies need. For more Budget 2023 information, visit budget.canada.ca. Unionville, Jamaica hosts international curling-friendly event. Curling Jamaica hosted an evening of exhibition games involving players from five other national team programs of the Unionville Curling Club in Markham on March 25th. The event is Curling Jamaica's second annual International Curling Friendly, intended for more recently added member nations to the World Curling Federation. Joining Jamaica for this event were players from the natural program of Guyana, Hong Kong, Mexico, Portugal, and Chinese Taipei. Most of the players are based in the greater Toronto area. The idea for this event originated from a need for emerging curling nations to gain experience by playing exhibition games to prepare for international qualifiers and championships. Jamaica is currently preparing for the next round of international play in the fall, including the Pan-Continental Qualifying Tournament, which is our path to qualifying for the World Championships, said Ben Kong, president of Curling Jamaica. To that end, The International Curling Friendly is an excellent opportunity for ourselves and our guests to evaluate players and provide them with valuable playing experience against other international sides. Curling Jamaica is a non-for-profit sports federation which is incorporated in Jamaica and Canada. Currently, the Univille Curling Club serves as Curling Jamaica's home club. And now we will take a quick five minute break. 
Thank you so much for your patience, and the reading of the articles will continue once again. The next article is $120,000 raised for the Canadian Red Cross to support Turkey and Syria earthquake relief. On March 24th, Regional Councillor Alan Ho and Mayor Frank Scarpetti hosted a successful fundraising event named Markham's Helping Hands, Turkey and Syria Earthquake Relief at Zinflex Media. The fundraiser was aimed at providing much-needed aid to assist those affected by the devastating earthquakes that struck Turkey and Syria in February 2023. This earthquake has left thousands of families without homes or food. Many of them have lost loved ones, and their lives have been forever changed, Ho said. I had the privilege of hosting two previous earthquake donations many years ago, and I cannot imagine how many people suffer after a sudden disaster. The outpouring of support and compassion from our communities has been truly remarkable. I am humbled to see the continued support of our communities for this cause. Their kindness has shown that even in the face of disaster, we can unite as a community and positively impact the world. The event raised over $120,000 and all the donations were directly to the Canadian Red Cross. Thanks to various donors who came across Canada and across the city beyond to support this cause. There's one thing that connects us in a very strong way, and that is humanity when we, and that is humanity when we see a country that has faced hardship and devastation. And the images we've seen over the past several weeks have been truly heartbreaking, Mayor Frank Scarpetti said. We don't have a large Turkish and Syrian community here in the city of Markham, but numbers aren't what motivate us. Compassion is what motivates us. So I think Markham's helping hands reflect the spirit of Markham. Ho and Scarpetti credited success of the fundraiser to the volunteer team's hard work and dedication, who put together an exciting and memorable event. For more information about how you can contribute, visit redcross.ca slash turkeysyriaappeal slash Ho and spelled out r-e-d-c-r-o-s-s dot c-a slash t-u-t-u-r-k-i-y-e-s-y-r-i-a-a-p-p-e-a-l slash a-l-a-n-h-o. The York Region Police seeks assistance identifying a woman who appears to be nonverbal. Officers working out of working out of York Regional Police District Number Two are seeking public assistance to help identify a woman who is found in the city of Richmond Hill. On March 27th at 9:20 a.m., police were called to the area of Atkin Road and Center Street for the report of an unknown woman who had been found by a concerned citizen. When officers arrived, they spoke with the woman who was not dressed for the weather and appeared to be outdoors for some time. She appears to be nonverbal, and officers have been unable to determine her identity. Officers have ensured her safety and well-being, but are appealing to the public for information on her identity and seeking family members or caregivers. Anyone with information is asked to contact police immediately. She is white with a thin build. Five foot seven inches. She has blue eyes and shoulder length blonde hair. Anyone with information is asked to contact the York Regional Police at 1 866 876 5423, extension 7241. That is 1 866 876 5423, extension 7241, or Crime Stoppers at 1 800 222 tips. Twenty twenty three Markham Talent Opening Casting Call. Markham Talent, in partnership with the Markham Arts Council, is calling all York Region musicians, dancers, actors, models, and entertainers to compete in the twenty twenty three Markham Talent Open Casting Call. 
Competitions will be held in two groups, ages 16 and under and ages 17 and older. Deadlines for submission of a 60-second performance tape is May 1st, with semifinals and finals being held on May 12th and 13th. The event is co-chaired by Markham Board 6 Councillor Amanda Young-Colucci, Markham Arts Council's Chair Stephen Chat, and Arts Council Executive D- Director Sherudi. Colucci is focused on our goal to host this event on an annual basis and make it one of Markham's signature events for promoting the entertainment industry in the city. An impressive array of judges included Juno Award Board member Aideen O'Brien, Casting Director Brian Levi, Amy Wright, Casting Director of The Next Step, Juno Awards nominee Robert Laidlaw, Talent Manager Patricia Jaws, Model Agent Cynthia Cully, Sarah Bang Chang, York University Dean of Arts, and actress Samantha Ucoin. For more information, visit markontalent.ca. April brings spring heat to the Markham Theatre. As spring warms up, seasoned theatre goers know that the end of the current performance season is getting nearer. However, the Markham Theatre is offering a great collection of performances this April to remind patrons that there are still more to come. On April 20th, Multi-platinum, gold award-winning, and internationally acclaimed producer, composer, and guitarist, Jesse Cook, brings the Libra tour to Markham. The show features his newest work, Libra. Cook worked, cooked, wrote, and recorded the album during the pandemic, but it was inspired by car rides with his 14-year-old daughter. After listening to her playlist, Cook began to wonder what his music will sound like with modern elements like trap-inspired 808 kick drums. Jesse is just phenomenal, continues La Riverie. He's managed to build a lasting and low audience by working hard and is always serving those that come to see him, all while playing the flamenco guitar, if you can't believe it. It's now been 25 years since the internationally lauded Virtuoso first stepped it first stepped on the scene with his new iconic release Tempest. In the time since, Cook's come to hold ten gold and platinum studio albums with combined sales of over two million copies, five concert DVDs and live discs, five PBS specials, and multiple awards: a Juno win, eleven nominations, three Canadian Smooth Jazz Awards, a Gemini an acoustic guitar magazine player's silver award. He always brings a great show, says La Riverie. The very next night, April 21st, the Just for Laughs Roadshow finally puts into Markham after multiple pandemic postponements. The 17th edition of the show will feature four of the top touring comedians in North America. It is a wonderful night for Just for Laughs, La Riverie says. The performers you see on tour are often picking up their way to become household names, but JFL does such a great job of picking a great lineup and that the brand itself is the main attraction. Hosted by Juno-nominated stand-up and Cyrus XM top comic winner Adam Christie, the Markham performance will feature Conan and Jimmy Kimmel veteran Laurie Kilmartin, Australian public comedy Randy Feltface, and Juno-nominated Jurette Campbell. All have performed at the world's largest and most prestigious comedy festival, Just for Laughs. At the end of the day, continues the reverie, the show is as good or better than anything you see on Netflix or late night TV. April 22nd seems poised to be a very special night at the theater. Two Canadian musical icons, Dan Hill and Miles Goodwin, are coming together for a unique and intimate evening. Hill is known for his heartfelt sensibility on two international hits, Sometimes When We Cut Touch and Can't We Try, 
as well as his works producing hit songs for Celine Dion and George Benson. While Goodwin has just left his post as the last original and longest standing member of one of Canada's pride and joys, April Wine, leading the band from their modest roots to the multi-platinum album sales. We're so excited for this one, LeBrievery says. This came out of a desire to create unique and exciting programming for a music audience. At first glance, one might wonder what these two artists have in common. A slightly closer look shows that they both share the most sought-after and elusive quality that any Canadian musician desires, lasting success. With nearly a hundred years of experience between them, there's surely many stories, revelations, and of course, great music on stage with Hill and Goodwin this April. Just to have these two giants on stage is a completely unique experience, teases La Riverie. We can't wait. It could also be noted that, as usual, there are independent producers offering shows this month as well. Markham Little closes its season with a twist, a comedic play that runs at theatre from April 26th to 29th. At the venerable Markham Concert Band returns to Markham Theatre on the afternoon of April 30th at 2pm with their show, Your Old, Old Favorites. The band promises a show of fun and familiar tunes to put a bounce in your step and a smile on your face. Express Louis Primes' Sing 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 and Lero Anderson's Syncopated Clock, among others. The show will also feature a warm-up performance by Barilla's Big Band at 1.35 p.m., as well as a guest spot on the main stage. Looking forward, the Markham Theatre is looking forward to release its Simply series this spring. The series of streaming performances with accompanying interviews, features some of Canada's most iconic performers at the intimate concert setting of the Markham Theatre. Among the incredible performances, expect John McDermott and Gowen to top the bill. We've been working for this for a while, and we're very excited to bring this to our audience for free online. Visit markhamtheatre.ca for more information. You are listening to a reading of articles and features from the Toronto Star on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. Markham Amputee Hits the Ice Being a double-leg amputee hasn't stopped Jerisho Rodriguez, 14, of Markham, from living a full and active life. In fact, he can do what everyone else can do sometimes with the help of a special device. He's always had a passion for sports and a love for hockey. Thanks to support from the War Amps, he's recently received a sledge for playing hockey. He is a member of the War Amps Children IPT CHAMP program and as such is eligible for financial assistance for artificial limbs and recreational devices. Instead of wearing skates, he sits strapped with a two-blade sled that is raised high enough for a puck to pass beneath. Hockey is a fantastic sport, Rodriguez said. It's a good exercise and lots of fun with the guys. To see Jerisho playing in a sport he loves is awesome, said his dad Jose. Watching him play beyond these challenges confirms that he can accomplish anything he sets his mind to, added his mom, Joy. The association encourages champs to develop a positive attitude towards their amputation and try whatever they set their mind to. Jerich's determination and zest for life are truly inspiring to everyone around him, said Danita Chisholm, executive director, champ program. Thanks to the public support of the War Amps Key Tech Service, we are able to help young amputees reach their goals. The War Amps doesn't receive any governmental grants. Its programs are made possible through public support of the Key Tag and Address Label Service. Governments vow to improve health care. On the heels of the federal government's announcement that it's increasing health funding to provide provinces and territories, the provincial government has announced plans to connect people to convenient care at home and in their community. 
the federal government acknowledged that Canada's universal public health care system hasn't been living up to expectations, and that healthcare workers are under enormous strain, and promised to increase funding by $196.1 billion over 10 years, including $46.2 billion in new funding. Canadians deserve better health care, and we need immediate actions to address current and future changes. Minister of Health Genevieve Duclos said of the announcement on February 7th, the funding includes an immediate, unconditional $2 billion Canada health transfer top-up to address immediate pressures on the healthcare system, especially in pediatric hospitals and emergency rooms on long wait time for surgeries. These investments will support those actions so that people will have timely access to family health services that will bless people waiting for treatments, diagnosis, and surgeries, and more mental health and substance use services along the country, Duclos said. He's also recognizing the need to work together to collect, share, and use health information to strengthen and improve delivery of healthcare, while continuing to support our healthcare workers. The provincial government, meanwhile, says it will continue to prioritize making it easier for people to connect to the care they need as a part of your health, a plan for connected and convenient care. Delivering care at home frees up more space in hospitals, long-term care homes, and doctor offices, it says. The only thing better than having care close to home is having care in your own home, says Sylvia Jones, Deputy Premier and Minister of Health. We've heard loud and clear that you and your families want better and faster access to home care services and our investments will provide you more choice to connect to convenient care in your home and in your community instead of in a hospital or long care home. Last year, a government invested $1 billion to expand the home, the delivery of home and community services for more caregiver supports and respite services bereavement and behavioral programs assisted living services for people with brain injuries. Work is underway to provide faster and more convenient access to the care they need, it reports. The province is also working with the interior health teams and home and community care providers to create new and innovative programs for people wanting to connect to care at home, including more virtual care options and connecting home care services with other providers such as a family doctor, to ensure personal medical records follow people as they move between care providers. Under its expanded community paramedicine program, already in place in 55 communities, paramedics can provide home visits to people living with chronic health conditions for services, includes providing assessments and referrals to local community care services, such as home care. Finally, Ontario will expand palliative care services by adding two new hospice beds to the 500 beds already in place across the province. One in ten females suffer from endometriosis. March is Endometriosis Awareness Month, and the need for advocacy for people suffering from the disease is high. This disease is a complex, debilitating chronic disease condition that occurs when tissue similar to the lining of the uterus implants outside of it and on other organs in the body to form lesions, cysts, and deep nodules. Symptoms begin in adolescence Symptoms begin in adolescence and may include several menstrual cramps, chronic pelvic pain, pain during intercourse, fatigue, and fertility. One in ten females suffer from endometriosis. People with endometriosis experience high rates of anxiety, depression, and post-traumatic stress. Due to the specialized management of this disease, as well as the average delay in prognosis, wait times for surgical procedures are currently in excess of the year. This leads those with, ta- with the disease to suffer in pain and an overall decrease in the quality of life. In 
in an effort to increase awareness of what people with endometriosis are suffering with and how our healthcare system is supporting them. Oak Valley Health is sharing the following patient story. Anna suffered from debilitating pain around period for many years. She's not seen several healthcare providers about it, but always felt like her pleas and help for help were not taken seriously. The pain started to affect her ability to live a normal health style. Anna also wanted to start a family, but eventually even intercourse became too painful. So she was concerned about her ability to conceive due to suspicions of having endometriosis. Anna finally decided that she needed to advocate for herself and requested to be seen by the Brill at York Valley Health. After a number of tests were completed, Dr. Brill determined that Anna likely had a severe case of endometriosis that was attacking her kidney and advised that she needed surgery immediately. Her surgery involved multiple specialists using a special CO2 laser to precisely cut out the disease while minimizing the risk of collateral damage to surrounding vital structures. Due to the severity and progression of the disease, Anna has lost 95% of her kidney function. But after successful surgery, ultimately all of the endometriosis tissue was removed, as well as ovarian cysts and a part of her vagina, where the endometriosis called irreparable irreparable damage. Since then, she's been followed by her care team at Oak Valley Health, and her kidney function has now recovered to 15%. She now has a healthy, beautiful nine-month-old baby at home. Anna is pain-free, happier, and is able to enjoy life with her loved ones now that the physical and mental load of her endometriosis has been managed. No definitive cause or known cure exists for endometriosis education and awareness of the disease can help people relieve diagnosis and management sooner, allowing them to return to their day-to-day activities pain-free. You are listening to a reading of articles and features from the Toronto Star on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. Markham Theatre springs into March. March in Markham is often unpredictable when it comes to weather. Rest assured, though, that the Markham Theatre intends to start the spring off with strong shows that you can count on. We've got a very good spring coming up, said General Manager Eric LaRivery. On March 8th, Jabiri Dance Theatre production of No Woman Land comes to Markham. Nominated for five Dora Awards, including Outstanding Original Production after its sold-out run in Toronto, the show features modern movement that evokes haunting imagery and compelling narrative, all born with the experience of surviving life in a refugee camp as a woman. The show demystifies the plight and resistance of women in refugees' camps. Our final dance for the diamond season is just exceptional, the Rearvery continues. It's a contemporary dance, and we love to bring what's new, fresh, and important to our audience. No Woman's Land is a dance theater work based on real stories that beautifully review the depths of human resilience in the face of adversity. It's the latest in a series of important, thoughtful, and broadly relevant dance pieces that have been featured more regularly at the theater. It's no surprise that contemporary work deals with modern issues, the Reverie says. This piece is exceptional, and I'm proud that we could bring it to Markham. On March 11th, Jason Bishop shows return to the Markham Theatre. As always, Bishop shows theatre close-up magic projected onto large screens, award-winning sleight of hand, and exclusive brand illusions. This show promises much for the whole family. We feel it's important to bring family entertainment to our audience, the Reverie says. Bringing young people into the theater is one of our big goals, and the Jason show is wonderful for this. Bishop himself is an international award-winning illusionist who is the youngest person to win the Magician's Alliance of the Eastern Sages stage 
and one of the youngest people to compete in the Society of American Magicians World Class Competition. His lead assistant, Kim Hess, is an award-winning gymnast, a baton performer, and her incredible coordination and focus makes her an indispensable part of the show. At the end of the day, continues the reverie, his show is as good or better than anything you see on America's Got Talent or The Illusionist. After this, the next Diamond Series performance comes on April 6th, when jazz guitarist John Pizzarelli returns to Markham. The Toronto Stars calls him the genial genius of the guitar, but the greats of jazz calls him the cult. He has held company with Benny Goodman, Les Paul, Rosemary Queeney, Zoot Sims, and Bill Frizzle. And John is closing our jazz season, and it's great to have him back, the reverie says. He's one of the great artists of his generation. Pizzarelli's record not only keeps jazz standards alive, but he's done tributes to Nat Cole, Frank Sinatra, Antiano Carlos Jobim, and Paul McCartney. He has appeared on records by Rick Lee Jones and Natty Chloe, among others, won a Grammy Award in the Best Traditional Pop Vocal Album category as producers of James Taylor's American Standard album in 2021. The Markham Show is his only Canadian performance this winter and spring. We're really looking forward to his stop in Markham, LaRiverie says. If you want to see this giant artist, here's your only chance. It should be noted that there are independent producers offering the show this month as well. Music of the Night the concert tour is playing two shows at the theater on March 18th. The show brings together many music theater professionals to celebrate the 75th birthday of Andrew Lloyd Webber, the most successful music theater composer. The performance will feature sections of The Phantom of the Opera, Avida Katz, and Jesus Christ Superstar, Sunset Boulevard, and more. March 27th brings the High Loads Gala for Mental Health. The multi-performer event is hosted by arts charity organization High Notes Avante, with proceeds going to forward that group's laudable mission on mental health and access to music and dance. Now more than ever, it is important to celebrate the power of art and its place in promoting healing and hope for those dealing with mental illnesses, says the Cedar Business and Rental Manager Scott Hill. Organizations like High Notes Avante play an essential part in this process. We are pleased that they will be holding their gala at Plato Markham Theatre as the funds raised that evening will go a long way to continuing their important work. The show will feature several Grammy and Juno Award winners and nominees. Two top 30 under 30 artists, a composer of jingles everyone recognizes, a progressive researcher, and multiple other award-winning and sought-after first-class musicians, songwriters, and dancers. This includes Michael Bridge, Digital Accordion, Yolanda Bruno, Violin, Lily Frost, singer, songwriter, radio co-host, Belay Jorgen, Ron Korb, flute, David Hetherington, cello, Shalamit Moore, clinical psychologist and pianist, Ernesto Ramirez, tenor, Jamie Robinson, actor, Frank Russo, professor, and Alan Shiner, composer. Also, as always, Markham at Movies is back at the theater on March 28th. Look into the future, we've always had some inclusive, exclusive engagements with major artists in the season and beyond, says LaRiverie, but there are still great shows coming up this spring. Visit MarkhamTheater.ca for more information. Center addresses addiction treatment gap. Addiction Services Central Ontario ASEO has partnered with the Caritas School of Life at the Cransman Center to launch a new withdrawal management center in York Region. 
The facility will be funded by Ontario's Addiction Recovery Fund, which is the provincial government established a year ago to meet the surge in demand for high-quality addiction care. Its new launch centre will offer six publicly funded withdrawal management beds, with several additional services to help community members with substance use programs. ASCO has transformed an existing building into a bed-based withdrawal management centre and provides peer support, counselling, case management, harm reduction, and psychoeducation. Withdrawal management is a critical service in addiction treatment, as it is the first step towards recovery. It is safely managing withdrawal symptoms when someone stops using drug or alcohol. Currently, only four publicly funded withdrawal management beds are available in York Region, home to over 1.2 million people. As a result, the new centre will begin to fill a significant gap in addition We will begin to fill a significant gap in addiction treatment services in the era, reducing waiting times for residents. ASEO, Carita School of Life, and the Cradsman Center takes our collective commitment to provide equitable, high-quality, and effective addiction treatments. Addiction treatment services vary seriously, said Penny Murray, Executive Director of Addiction Services Central Ontario. We are thrilled to now offer six additional publicly funded withdrawal management beds. We are confident that this new withdrawal management centre will be an important step along the way in the recovery journey of many Ontarians experiencing substance use concerns. According to a Canadian Centre on Substance Use and Addiction recent report, the rate of deaths in Canadians due to apparent opioids toxicity increased by 91% during the first two years of the COVID-19 pandemic. From April 2020, to March 2022. The York Region Withdrawal Management Centre will help address the shortage of addiction treatment services and reduce wait times for residents seeking help. In addition, it will work to expand the continuum of accessible, publicly funded addiction services in York Region, supporting the Government of Ontario's priorities of expanding addiction programs and services. York Region's Withdrawal Management Centre is a much-needed facility that will help provide essential addiction treatment services to the residents of York Region. With rates of substance use continuing to increase in Ontario and across Canada, the launch of this pilot aligns with the urgent need to expand addiction programs, to expand addiction programs and services, ensuring the best quality of care is available to those who seek help. You've been listening to a reading of articles and features from the April 3rd issue of the Toronto Star. Your reader has been Victoria. Thank you so much for listening.